All right. Anybody slowing down or are you, you picking up speed? I've gotten so many um, comments and uh, encouragements about where we're going with this, how fast-paced our life is and how out of control it seems to be. You know, we've got so much stuff going on. You know, I just we've just finished over the last couple of weeks about not having any gas in the tank or just being so overloaded that we're just physically and spiritually getting horrible gas mileage don't feel like we're getting anywhere we're like the gerbil in the in the tank just running 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 but not going anywhere and I you know it was just the Lord I felt like that gave me that example in Sam's that had that stationary bike you feel like you're on that stationary bike not going any going anywhere but that stationary bike was made to practice when you're at home and then unhook it and ride it ride it out I think that's a great I think that's a great word we come in here and we get the word we get encouragement we get direction and then we got to put our bike tire to the ground and go amen you get in life group you get in Sunday school you get in these small groups and you know you're in there and you're getting charged up and getting filled up that's not so you can just sputter when you get out on the road no it's so you can put the gas pedal to the floor say but pastor you're talking about slowing down I am we've got to be doing the right things we've got to be noticing what are we supposed to be doing our world has gotten so complex it's going faster it's sped up and we've been talking about slowing down last week we looked at the first counterculture point counterculture do you understand that going against the grain going against the world I'm going to use a golf analogy but in a lot of places that you play golf in particular um, in Arizona wherever the valley is is very important and they say what does that mean it doesn't matter that you really understand it you just need to know where the valley is because the ball is going to fall toward the valley even if it looks like the the grounds turned this way the ball is going to fall that way it's the most bizarre thing. You think that gravity is, is, the laws of gravity are not applied there. Same thing with the way the sun sets. You know, the way the grain goes, the grass will turn toward the sun. You got to know when you're putting which way the grain's going because it will knock your ball off. You may say, well, that's, what's, that's what bad putters say. No. No. No, when you, hit it, when you hit a certain level, you have to pay attention to the grain. Well, same way with the world. You've got to pay attention with which way the world's going. Is the world going in the right place? And Scripture will say, tell you most of the time the world isn't. The world's not going in the right direction. We are to go the other direction. We are in the world, not of the world. So we had better be careful with the way the world's going that we don't get on board with that. We get on board with what Scripture says. Counterculture. Number one. Do you remember this one? This was a toughie. Learn contentment. Paul said in Philippians 4.11, what a huge verse. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I can tell you, I have not arrived there. I'm trying. Sometimes I'm successful. Sometimes I'm not. But do you catch the word learned? I don't care what age, how far along you are in your Christian walk, we are to be learning every day. 
if you think you have arrived, you are in trouble. I think that there becomes the, 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 the word pride. I don't have anything else to do. I don't have anything else to learn. I've pretty much learned it all. I've heard the message. Pastor, I've even heard this message. I'm sure you have. Are you still learning? I'll be the first to say I don't have it all together. But God has a plan for me. And that plan's for me to walk it out and learn His ways. If you think you have arrived, then you are putting yourself at the place of God's knowledge. And His Word says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So I don't believe I will ever come to the point where I am all-knowing. I'm not God. I never will be God. Which means I have things to learn. I think that's a word from the Lord. That the Lord says the church needs to learn. We need to grow. We need to move. Learn contentment. It says learn. We are not by nature a content person. Contentment means I don't need more in order to be happy. It doesn't mean you don't have goals. It doesn't mean you don't have ambitions. It doesn't mean you don't have drive to do better. You do. But it means right now, I don't have to have more to be happy. I'm not waiting for more to be happy. I'm not thinking, if I just have that job, I'll be happy. Nope, if you're not happy in your job now, you won't be happy in your job then. Because circumstances will happen in that job. More pay does not mean happiness. That'll preach. Happiness is a choice. It's a decision. You have to choose it. You can't blame it on your circumstances. If you're not happy with these circumstances, you're not going to be happy with other ones because stuff happens. We live on a broken planet that's not perfect. You need to learn to be happy in spite of situations. It's something I've been having to pray this week. Regardless of the situation, Satan, you're not taking my joy. No matter what may face me, you're not taking my joy. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. We have to continuously fight our situations from robbing us of our joy. And as Elizabeth said last week, your spouse is not your enemy. Your spouse is your teammate. Your family is not your enemy. Your family is your team. We just get... We, just, we are fighting against principalities and powers of darkness that's trying to strip us of anything that we could have. Happiness is a choice. What drives us to push for more? What makes us want to keep going fast? Why do we have to have more money in the bank account? Why do we have to have more achievements in our career? Why do we have to have more activities in our schedule? Well, I want to give you three major myths of our culture. Three myths of our culture. Number one, having more will make me happy. It's not true. I could give you thousands of examples that having more will not necessarily make you happy. Jesus said it like this. He said, a man's life consists not in the abundance of things he possesses. Did you catch that? A man's life consists not in the abundance of things he possesses. The greatest things in life 
Art thinks. It's not about values or possessions. He said, what would profit a man if he gained the whole world and lost his soul? I know a lot of people who have lots of things but are still unhappy. How many of you know somebody that's got everything that's unhappy? I know people that's got nothing that's unhappy. I know people that's got everything that's unhappy. I know people that's got everything that's happy. I know people that's got nothing that's happy. So what does that compute to? Things don't equal happiness. Something else is going on in their life. The Bible says, don't wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Did you catch that? Don't wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. He says, it's wise to restrain yourself from going, 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 going all the time as fast as you can. That's stupid to do that. You just wear yourself out getting rich. Scripture says it's foolish. It's foolish to give up your health in order to get wealth. To wear yourself out just to get money. Now, walk with me here just for a second. I've noticed that people walking through their life, and I'm walking through it too, seem to make a major lifestyle switch at halftime of their life. You know, the horn goes off sometime in your life and you realize it's halftime and the, and the entertainment comes out and you're kind of sitting back and reflecting and thinking about how the first half went. And you know, are we listening to the coach or are we listening to ourselves or are we listening to Satan? Who's talking to us at halftime? And we come out of halftime with a whole new plan. The first half of their life, they sacrifice health in order to get wealth. And they overwork. And as a result, their body starts to break down. In the second half of life, they sacrifice wealth in order to get health. Start spending that money to get your health back. All that money you made in the first half of the game, you start to spend it on doctors in the second half. Why? Because you didn't take care of your body in the first half. Right? Seems to me like we need to find a balance. There's got to be a balance. The myth of having more will make me happy is not true. It keeps you from being content, which keeps you driving and driving and driving. What's the second myth? Doing more will make me more worthy. In other words, if I do more, people will love me more. They'll like me more. I'll be more valued. I'll be more appreciated. I'll be more admired. I'll be more respected. I'll be more approved if I will do more and more and more. So I will prove my worth by my work. If you get your work and your worth confused, you're going to be stressed out your whole life. If you get your work and your worth confused, you're going to be stressed out your whole life. You're going to be running on empty. If you get your work and your worth confused, you're going to be running at a fast speed your entire life. And there's this myth that doing more is going to make me more important. And the busier I am, the more important I am. And that's just not true. What you find behind most high achievers is high insecurity. 
It's insecurity that's driving them to achieve, to super achieve, to try to get approval of somebody, mommy, daddy, the husband, the wife, the world, somebody. And they're longing for approval, trying to prove their work, their worth through their work. Look what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verse 6. It's better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands trying to catch the wind. It's better to have only a little with peace of mind than to be busy all the time with both hands or with both spouses, with everything you got, trying to catch the wind. You know, it might be smarter to buy a smaller home, a lesser value home, lesser material lifestyle and have more money, more energy, more enjoyment, more peace of mind. But the American syndrome is to go out, buy a house that you can't afford. With a husband and wife having to go through all the hustle and the hassle and all the mortgage payments. What they're doing is they're giving their life away for things. It's a serious mistake because life is not about things. Maybe you should buy something a little less expensive, a little more affordable for a little bit more peace of mind. Have more time for the kids. Have more time for each other. Not everybody who is ambitious is admired. You know, there's so many people that we see on TV that we think is so great until you start to read about them. Uh, we just walked through this this week with a uh, professional singer that you start to grab hold of and think they're so great until you hear them interviewed, until you hear them talk. It's like, shoot, I wish I'd never even heard you talk because I liked you, but now I know you. Now I don't like you. We think people's got it together and they're our role models. We see them on TV and we, we think they're our role models. There, there's a song by Jack Johnson, Where Is All the Good People Gone? I keep watching on the TV and they're, they're not there. keep looking for them on the TV and they're not there. Where have all the good people gone? We better be careful who is our role model. I des- we, we in our family right now are desiring peace. You know, people, right now people get put on the covers of of magazines who achieve great things. And many of those people should not be admired at all. Because a lot of ambition is actually motivated by unhealthy motivation. So many times people are motivated by fear or motivated by guilt or motivated by envy or jealousy. I've met successful people who are motivated by revenge or insecurity or ego or self-centeredness, or the desire for applause. All those unhealthy emotions. The Bible calls them idols, false gods. We think of the word idol and we think of this little hand-carved Academy Award and the Oscar goes too. You know, it's just this gold thing. We see that and we think, oh, that's an idol that you buy in some tourist store. We have our own idols. We have American Idol. Scotty. Not so much. I like it. Anyway. The idols in American culture are the hood ornaments on cars. I paid a lot for this one. They're brand names on logos and dresses and shirts and purses that say, I paid a lot of money for this, so I'm important. Do you remember, oh goodness, can I, can I do this? We'll say the TV version. This is a 70s movie, The Jerk. 
and he would put the little, uh, the little uh, thing in his drink, the umbrella in his drink, and he goes, he's, he looks at himself in the, he's got the magazine, and the guy's holding his drink with the umbrella, and he's, be somebody. So he needed that umbrella. N- now I'm somebody. Remember, my name's in the phone book. My name's in print. Things will happen to me now. You remember, and then a serial killer goes and finds him in the phone book and starts trying to kill him. Elizabeth's saying, stop, stop, while you're ahead, stop. (laughs) Be somebody. Oh, I can't believe I don't have a logo. Polo. It's it's good stuff. Polo's not what it used to be, though. You can buy it anywhere. used to be the stuff. How important am I? There's status symbols. Don't chase status symbols. Why? Because next year it won't be worth anything. Something new will be out. Something new will be out. It's going to be different. Got to get the new thing. You don't need status symbols to prop you up. The more healthy self-esteem you got, the more you know God and Christ in your life, the stronger you feel about your relationship to them. And it doesn't need the status symbol to say, I'm important. I know who I am in Christ. I'm highly valued. I have the mind of Christ. We all step into our situations and think we're not worthy. You know what? There is a healthiness to that. If it will turn you to the worthiness of God. What will that do? That will increase your self-esteem. Because all of a sudden, I'm His. And if our God is for us, then who could be against us? Who's in my corner? doesn't matter what I've got on. It doesn't matter that I'm driving a five-year-old car or a ten-year-old car or a smaller house. We're thinking, what do people think because they just showed up at my house? Do you know who I am? I'm a child of the king. My parents have this thing over their pool table that says, I think it says the king's kid or something like that. The king's kid. I don't need Prince William. I don't need his mama to be a king's kid. I am a king's kid. You are the child of a king. Who cares what kind of shoes you got on? By the way, my shoes need super glue because my, my soles are falling off. I don't care. Somebody give me some super glue. Look at that. Somebody will see that and they'll think you're buying cheap shoes. Whoa. I won't show you the other one because it's probably got the price tag written on the bottom. Now, I'm into good things. I'm into nice things. But it certainly doesn't define me. Think of all the people that's bought Hummers, and now Hummers aren't even being made anymore. I don't even know, can you get them worked on? Hey, you like me now. Hummers aren't bad. Hummers are fine. Downhill, shut off. I tried to get gas the other day, yesterday. And they upped the price from getting cut off at 50 to 90. And 90 wasn't enough. Man. My driving needs to be all downhill. All right, the third myth. Let me try to wrap things up. I want you to hear something about yourself. You're important. You're lovable. You're valuable. You're good. You're cool. You're neat. You're made just the way God made you and intended you. Quit trying to be somebody else. Be yourself. 
That's the best part of who you can be is to be yourself. Be who God created you, not somebody else. That's contentment. Third myth is that life is competitive. It's not. The fact is you're not in competition with anybody, not your neighbor, not your boss, not your friends, not anybody else. Why? Because you're unique. Even if you're a twin, there's nobody like you in the world. You have a unique thumbprint, a unique fingerprint, a unique palm print, a unique eye print, a unique voice print. You have a unique heartbeat. You have a unique footprint. Everything about you is unique. No one's ever been made like you or ever will be. Since you're unique, God doesn't make you to be in competition with anybody else. He wants you to be you. When you realize that you're unique and you're not in competition, it relieves stress. And quit, when we quit trying to be like everybody else, you don't have to smell like them. You don't have to dress like them. You don't have to talk like them. I went to camp with a bunch of fourth graders, and they showed up with all this Axe body spray. What is wrong with you? You're, four, you're fourth grade. Don't even have hair under your arms. Give me a break. I'm in there with all these boys. And, I mean, they think they're the studs, man. They're just it. They're walking around, man. You, shh, shh, man. <laughs> Cut it out. What are you chasing? Look at what fourth graders, they're seeing these half-naked people on these commercials, and they're enticed by them. Look what it says in Proverbs 14, verse 30. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. Jealousy rots it away. You know, I believe if I were to ask you how many people want a long life, I think hands will go all up all over the church. It's right there. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. The more stressed up, the more uptight, the more ticked off you are, the quicker you are to die. A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. You have got to chill out. You've got to calm down. You remember the 70s phrase, hang loose. Let it go. It says jealousy is contrasted. It rots away your life. Because when I'm jealous, I'm envious. It means I'm comparing. When I'm comparing, I'm not content. When I'm contented, when I'm not content, I start pushing myself, pushing myself. You cannot be relaxed and jealous at the same time. You know, in my life, jealousy is one of the most damaging, damaging things to my mind. It will get me down like nothing else. Jealousy will. So if you're serious about slowing down, It's not about clearing your schedule. It's about starting in your heart. It's about becoming content. Once you've got step one, content, that's pretty counterculture learning to be content in your heart. Now you've got to move to your mouth. We're dealing with our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I'm going to close right here. I'm not going to start on the next one. You may not realize it, but your mouth controls the pace of your life. The way and the speed and how you talk to other people actually influences your heart rate 
and it influences your stress level. And starting next week, we're going to start dealing with the mouth. This little thing in your mouth directs so much. Will you all pray with me? Father, I thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for your word that tells us that it's okay to slow down. That it is, we are not, it is not appropriate to get involved in this rat race. But Lord, your word says to be still and know that I am God. It's so backwards of our life. And Father, as, as you have shown us through, through your word, also through writings where, where pastors have taken more time to pray and it has increased their productivity. The more they pray, the more productive that they are. Lord, that that, uh, proves your word. That the more time we slow down to seek you, the more productive are we going to be. Let us this morning just take account of our schedule, of our life, of our heart. And Lord, I just ask you to help us to realize the value that you've placed in us. Just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to fill us again. To reveal truth to us and to show us where to cut corners, where to slow down. You may be here and maybe just absolutely struggling with life. I want to encourage you for just a moment, slow down for just a moment. And let's talk with the Lord about it. I believe the first place to step when we come to the Lord is to step into repentance. And just to start right where you are and say, forgive me, Lord, for putting everything else before you. For putting everything else before you. But Lord, I come to you with a heavy heart and with a lot of stuff going on in my life. Lord, I seek you. I seek you this morning. And you know what his word says? If you seek him, you'll find him. And do you know that if you'll come to the Lord for peace, he will give you peace. He says, I am Jehovah Shalom. I am the Lord, your peace. Do you need peace in your life, peace in your marriage, peace in your job? to the Lord this morning. You may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You know, Scripture says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You're not alone. And it's okay. But it also says that if you will confess your sins one to another, if you will confess your sins to the Lord, He is faithful and just to forgive you of those sins. we just pray a prayer and just say Lord Jesus forgive me of my sins I'm in need of a Savior save me Jesus it says in Romans 10 9 that if you will confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead you will be saved would you take that moment this morning to step out of that wheel in that gerbil cage and put your feet on the ground 
put your feet on the rock, put your feet on the Word of God this morning and say, I give up. I choose you, Jesus. Y'all would just stand with me. Those that are praying, step on out with me, please. If that's you, if any of the things that I've said is you and you want to come down here to be prayed for, step out here and let us pray with you. It's time for some breakthrough. Step out this morning and believe in the Lord your God to come to your rescue as we sing.